Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC-Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com Welcome to Talkin' Docs, the monthly show where we dive into the world of documentaries and review them for your listening pleasure. Why documentaries, you may ask? Well, documentaries have the power to inform, educate, and entertain us in ways that few other mediums can. They allow us to delve deep into a subject, explore different perspectives, and challenge our assumptions. But with so many documentaries out there, it can be overwhelming to decide what to watch. That's where we come in. On Talkin' Docs, we'll cover a wide range of topics, from politics and social issues to art, science, and nature. So whether you're a seasoned documentary buff or just dipping your toe into the genre, Talkin' Docs is the perfect place to discover new films, expand your horizons, and join the conversation about the world around us. Hi, welcome back to Talkin' Docs. My name is Jennifer Smith, and I'm joined once again by my two lovely co-hosts, Logan and Cowboy Roger. How are you guys tonight? <laughs> good old Cowboy Roger. Uh, I'm doing great tonight, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. You're doing great, Jenny. Hope you're doing well this year. Yeah, I don't, I'm think, I, don't get, I don't get called lovely very often. So <laughs> that, was, that was a nice start to the pod, to the show. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Um, I don't either, so you know, feel free. Um, well, you're both lovely, <laughs> whether anybody tells you or not. We are uh, deep into our series on cults here on Talking Dogs. Not our fifth episode, but our fourth episode. Um, we'll be discussing um, probably it's got to be the most infamous cult um, that I can think of um, with the most infamous leader. And that is Jonestown Terror in the Jungle. We found this one on the AMC Plus or like the Sundance channel, um, which you can find on Amazon Prime. And the reason that we did it that way, we watched during our little seven-day trial because the other Jonestown doc that is free on Netflix or on Amazon Prime was not the best quality. (laughs) (laughs) Super hard to sit through. So we're like, we're not, you know, we'll we'll take the hit. We'll do the little subscription um, to watch this four-part documentary. So that's where you can find it. If you want to watch it, I appreciate you guys. Um, also, when we were in the process of picking the doc, I was watching it going, this is terrible. And then both of y'all were like, okay, no, we can't do this one. So I was going to suffer through it. And I'm glad that we all decided it was not worth it. There was a, uh, there was a fair amount of acting. So mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of like dramatic reenactments in my, mm-hmm. in my documentaries. And if you're going to have them, the actors need to be, you know, better than like a third or fourth grade level, <laughs> which, which we were not having with Paradise Lost. So Paradise Lost, I th- yes. I, th- I think it, I think it was a good pivot by us because this this documentary was was very very well done, high quality and more yeah, no, more like of a documentary than right. Yeah, absolutely. And like Leo DiCaprio was involved in this one as well, so somewhat mm-hmm. I think so. It means it has to be good. Easy switch. Yeah, I think. It, it was super well done. It's it's very watchable. Four episodes, about forty five minutes each, I think, um, and it's pretty comprehensive. It was, I think, it released around twenty twenty, so been out a little bit, um, but worth it, worth it for me. Um, Jonestown, tough to talk about, uh, tough to think about, and by God, this footage is tough to watch. Uh, there was so much documentation. Of Jonestown that there's no like sugarcoating it or covering it up really how awful it was because you just see it you just see it so much in every picture and video um and 
the mass scale of it by the end yep. is some of the hardest shit I've had to sit through, being honest. Did you guys find that to be true? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. the whole thing, I mean, it's crazy too, just to think about like a sitting member of Congress going down there and getting, getting shot mm-hmm. on, on the way back. I mean, it's just, it's awful. Of all the documents, of all the, the, so this is our fourth, as you, as you mentioned, Jenny. And I think, mm-hmm. This is the one that, like, the, it did. It really didn't have to go this way. Mm-hmm. This was not like um, like Heaven's Gate, where mm-hmm. you, where everybody was kind of all in on it. This was one guy and a few true believers, um, you know, essentially murdering, you know, murdering people, mm-hmm. many of them unwillingly. Right. Right. Holding them against their will. So a little injecting uh, them. Yeah. Injecting them or just, you know, these people wanted to leave and they can't mm-hmm. leave. And I mean, there were shades of the Sarah Lawrence, but mm-hmm. like this was like obviously a larger scale than that. And really, really the work of, of one guy who mm-hmm. like seemed to just increasingly just you know, methamphetamine his way into right <laughs> in, into just a, a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, he just took drugs to the point where he got uncontrollable and just out of you know just out of, out of complete control. But yeah, this I felt sad kind of at the end of the Sarah Lawrence one, but uh, this one just made me angry, and mm. I was very, very angry when I finished it. So uh, mm. but we'll get into the details of everything as we go on. Well, so Jim Jones starts out. Um, kind of as a political person as a socialist um he he's basically builds a following of african-american communities because he puts the work in he absolutely tried to affect positive social change uh in their communities and he also had a huge (laughs) theatrical preaching style so it's a weird combination of somebody in leadership who's seemingly looking out for all these people who don't have a voice and then he puts voice to it and it's so commanding and mesmerizing for a lot of these people that just get drawn into his web but a lot of them I think really did want to help they wanted to be part of a good social change in that time um and he hooked them i mean and he was sort of genius at it and i there's that early footage there's so much charisma from him it's undeniable yeah and i mean i think it's it's a um it's kind of a tried and true playbook right Mm -hmm. the guy is a I mean, he is a very talented orator, mm-hmm. right? So very, like you've mentioned, Jenny, very talented orator and, you know, knew how to work a room. And like, I mean, you can kind of see, I think, you know, maybe initially, maybe he did have good intentions. I'm not 100% sure of that. I, I think initially, I mean, I, I would say for sure he wasn't initially, like his idea wasn't, I'm going to, moved to Guyana and killed mm-hmm. 900 people. Right. But he, um, I think he had, may, may have had good intentions, but like a lot of these, like kind of similar to the way down and similar to like a, almost like a Jim Baker or these other kind of fallen, fallen preachers. Like he was, um, he was a very, a very talented and charismatic leader, but like ultimately was, a, was a charlatan. Right. right? Was, was full of shit. Right. And, used his charisma and his, his talent to sell people a bill of goods. Um, it, it really does seem like it was the drug use that increased his paranoia mm-hmm. that really led, you know, had this take a turn even beyond like just taking about taking money and doing, you know, phony stuff, right? Like and have it take this horrible, horrible turn. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, I think he had good intentions. Maybe at first, uh, I think he was just trying to spread the word, 
the word of God at, at the beginning. I, I think at some point he just started to believe his own hype. Uh, mm-hmm. He he started getting a lot of followers. He started getting a lot of people that that bought into what he was saying. Like I said, he's very 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 charismatic. So he's you know if if you like what he's saying, if you if you hear what he he's saying and you and you're real excited about it and it gets you hyped for whatever religion that you're into. Uh, obviously his, this is Christianity and that's what he's going for. But I think as it came along, like the drug use, like Roger said, uh, kind of, uh, kind of infected his mind a little bit. He started to believe that he was God and that he was like playing God on, on the earth. So um, I definitely think maybe it started with good intentions, but like, like Roger said, with the drug use and just the people believing his hype and maybe him believing his own hype, uh, got in his head and he, he just tailspun, uh, for a good while. And then it didn't end very well. So, um, so. And the thing that, the thing that like of, of, of all the stuff, that's the thing that stuck out to me the most as to maybe what his intentions were, were the fake healings. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Right. Every, like, like when you look at heaven's gate or like heaven's gate specifically, right. is the other one that we did, which was a, a mass suicide. And, um, they were they were com- like to a person completely convinced that they were they were doing the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it was very misguided, right? But it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. It was peaceful, and and they could leave. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think Applewhite was ever was ever willfully like deceiving these people mm-hmm. to try to get mm-hmm. their money, right? Like, right. It didn't, right. he was just nuts, I think. Um, right. Jones, like the, the fake healings, which happened pretty early on, right, while mm-hmm. we're still in the United States, mm-hmm. that shows, I think, maybe maybe at the very beginning he had some good intentions, but that's not a good intention thing to I do. Think, that's a, yeah. No, yeah, when that screw, started That's happened. a screw people over thing to do. Yeah. I think that one, he was like very hands-on. So like if people would come to him for like a problem, like, you know, my, I can't pay my bill or whatever, you know, and he would literally help people. And then I think that is what he figured out was the key. That's how you get them. You help them in some way and then they will believe anything you fucking say. So then that leads to fake healings and all of that jazz. And in the documentary, we had a lot of survivors from the cult and from Jonestown in particular. And they talked about that, about how the healings were such a big part of their belief in him. And it was all a fucking scam. Yeah. Right. Because that's like the real, if that's real, right? right if that's right. real, then that's an undeniable, wow, this guy, mm-hmm. this, this really is a prophet. This really is a godlike figure. This is somebody I should follow. And to just deceive, to deceive people like that. And I mean, this is a try. This is a, a common thing. Right. Like this, still, this still happens today. Oh, yeah. But I think he was pretty much your run of the mill kind of just, you know, um, fake preacher, whatever you would want to mm-hmm. call that. But like the, the dark turn, the anti-government where mm-hmm. he like the paranoia, the anti-government. And then obviously moving down to Jonestown, um, a real, real disaster. Absolutely. Because they came from like San Francisco. <laughs> it, was like, mm. it was like, we're going to go from this. Cause you know, these are city people and like, you think you're going to go to the jungle and survive like that is it's full on insanity. And like you said, the paranoia is off the charts. Um, but then he, he talks everybody into going, um, which is unbelievable to me. The amount of people that followed him there to set up this place in the jungle, which looked horrific. The conditions of Jonestown, um, I mean, it's out in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. I thought. I mean, frankly, I think they did halfway decent. Like as far as yeah. as, far, as far as just like setting up in the middle of the jungle. That is true. Know. That is true. But, but they yeah, they worked themselves to death. <laughs> doing exactly, it. and then he he you know the the turn he took, not letting people leave. Yes, and it's us against them, and you know, like like. Just like like Logan said, 
very, very, like, like it's, it was such a preventable thing. It was such a preventable thing. And the fact, like, like the fact that there's like such clear, at least audio footage mm-hmm. of, of the actual event is really horrible too. Like that, that's something that'll stay with me for a long time. Me too. That's the other thing about these guys that we've covered so far in these documentaries about cults. I feel like a lot of them are totally okay with like video being done and audio mm-hmm. being done. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like another level of psychosis. Cause like, it's just like, you're like totally okay with being deranged uh, yeah. and, and like yeah. having it clear to the world. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he, he bought into his own hype and then the press kind of started uh, mm-hmm. getting all over him and saying, ah, uh, this is BS and that's BS. So I think that's really what made him super paranoid. And obviously that led to them moving down to, to Jonestown, uh, a Guyana. And um, yeah, I, I like Roger said, I think for what kind of land they were given, I think they actually did pretty good to uh, make it live, make it as livable as possible. Obviously, like you said, Jenny, they worked themselves to death to make it that mm-hmm. way. Um, and, you know, Jim, Jim just kind of you took advantage of them by by doing that. So, but yeah, I, I think they did the best that they could to make it livable. But yeah, it was not a good, not a good place, not a good time. Uh, can't imagine how miserably hot it was ninety yeah. times down there. So, Ugh. yeah. And Muggy. so, <laughs> and, and he keeps doing all these insane things when they get down there, like like preaching all night long over the intercom, just constantly just assaulting them with you know his drug fueled rants um they did they had drills um because he was so paranoid that they were coming to get them they were going to come shut everybody down and they would make them do these drills what do they call it white night fire something i forget what they called it there was it was like a i can't remember yeah but it's basically it's a it's a it's a drill where yeah the, the people don't know it's a drill. Yeah. Essentially, right? So that when the real thing happens. Yeah. And right. he's 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 preparing them all for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, he's fucking everybody that he wants to fuck. And um, <laughs> and all these people are, you know, you're raising other people's children. Other people are raising your children. Like, it's all mixed up in the cult. Um, the, the women, the women of the cult to me are pretty fascinating. Like the leaders, um, that really bought into him the most and uh, were a, his um, concubines. <laughs> but there's a companion documentary you could watch on Netflix that's just about four of the the four, I think, like the four highest ranking women mm-hmm. in, in the cult, and they were. A couple, like a couple, I don't, I haven't watched it in a long time, but a couple mm-hmm. of them specifically were, you know, were, were equal, were, were just about as much That's to bad. blame as, right. jo- as Jones injecting kids. And like the one, the other thing that sticks with me is the guy who they gave the, the briefcase to, whose, yeah. wife, whose wife and kid had to stay behind. Like, I, I just, who Carter died? Was his name, yeah. yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. Like, um, very interestingly to me, they had his children in this documentary, uh, his, uh, the children that he had, plus he, <laughs> he adopted a bunch of people and he wanted to make a truly like national, tr- multinational family. Mm-hmm. So he had a bunch of children from different ethnicities that he adopted with his wife and, uh, they were on the documentary, which I thought was super fascinating um, because they have, I mean, I would be terrified, right? Like if I went through that and my dad was Jim Jones, like the one that did it all, like, do you worry about yourself or, you know, is the, <laughs> is the trauma of what you've seen? Like, do you give yourself a pass for that? Like, you know, I, I would never do that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think his biological son like really loved him and believed mm-hmm. in him the whole time, and you know was really really bought into his whole whole narrative and stuff like that the whole time. But I think his adopted son 
which I, I thought it was weird that he named his adopted son after him and not his yeah. biological son. I thought that was kind of strange, but that's a sidebar that I think he was born later, the biological. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. that might make sense. Okay, well, anyways, yeah, I, I think he was always kind of skeptical. Um, I think he, I think for the most part, he loved his dad, and you know, he kind of most mo- for the most part believed in what he said and kind of what he preached, and uh, you know, loved him, loved him dearly. But I do think he he was a little more skeptical uh, of the whole situation, and like especially when they moved down to Jonestown, I think he started to see some of the cracks uh, that were forming. Yeah, I mean. The thing that shined through for both of them, to me, especially, like, I thought his biological son, particularly, was, like, a guilt. Yeah. Like, true, like, like, it, it, you can tell. Like, I mean, when they were talking about it, it sounded like by the time, by the time it was out of control, they didn't realize how out of control it was. It was impossible to stop, essentially. Mm. Right, like and they, like it sounds like they would have stopped it, and I mean, or wanted to stop it. It's just, um, I mean, they like, and they were pretty young at the time. It's got to be a brutal. I mean, what a thing to live with. Yeah, yeah, and like I can't imagine being a survivor of this. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that, like you, the guy that had to leave. Like he, he got his chance to get out, and he got out. But his family didn't. Like, that is horrifying. You know? Yeah, I mean, both guys. The guy that ended up going to the plane that never took off. And then mm-hmm. the, uh, and the guy that they gave the briefcase to to take to the village or whatever. The I think the Russian embassy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Them to because they didn't want to give the money to the Americans or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, for those two guys, it's just absolutely heartbreaking because both of their entire families, you know, just are gone and they, they have to live on and, you know, somewhat live with that. I mean, I think the, I think the guy that was going on the plane was, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think he was a little more okay with it. I think it really tore the other guy up and yeah, uh, he can't really, I, I don't think he's ever going to live it down. And I think it'll really haunt him for the rest of his life. I mean, yeah. I don't think the other guy was happy that right. you know, he got out and they, and they, they didn't or anything like that, but he seemed a little more at peace with it, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely, Logan. I agree. How did how did Jim Jones get all of his drugs? And that's what I wondered. Like, and I, I don't. They were pharmacists. I mean, I think it was at that, that time. It was they were. I mean, they, I think he was doing pharmaceuticals, basically, like prescription. prescription so just having them like blown like, in from like, like, like Adderall or whatever. Well, I mean, especially I don't know, but I mean, if he's if he's got a doctor or two. <laughs> In the in the cult, right? Yeah. They, could, they could stock up that way, and then who knows? Who knows? I'm not familiar with the um, farm, <laughs> farm with the pharmaceutical laws in Guyana, but probably right, right. probably lax would be my would be my guess. Yeah, something tells me he probably had a doctor or two on on staff and kind of said, "Hey, go to the village and uh, get me some get me some stuff." So. Um, who knows? I don't know. I, I, that, that, that's a good question. Once he got down there, like, how did he continue to get all that stuff? But I have a feeling he had a, some kind of means something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and there was plenty of money, I guess he could have had a drug runner, you know, doing that for him. Um, and, and he had to basically just wear sunglasses all the time because he was just fucked up all the time. And he, he never slept and never slept. So he had, um, the puffy, had the puffy eyes Yep, all the time. The thing I really, really questioned, I'm interested in both of your opinions on it, is like the strategy of sending the sitting member of Congress there with, without like a real lot of protection. Yeah, that was. I mean, they had to, there, there had to be some like underestimation of mm-hmm. like, like how far gone Jones was. Because I mean, it's not like he was. Like if you listen to the tapes, like he was kind of very par- he was very paranoid before all that, right? Mm-hmm. They're coming to get me. People came you know, they're passing like they tried to put on this little show for the Congress people. Right. They passed a note. But like I cannot imagine something like that. I can't imagine that today where like a congressman or two would go with like two people to mm-hmm. to 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 a com a commune with a thousand people or around a thousand people 
No like, security, really. Or... Yeah, very limited, right? Yeah. I know, like, I mean, it's a tough place to get to, but mm-hmm. you would think there's got to be, that there, there was, that there, there was a, just an underestimation overall. The, well, the he, he was going on, by, on behalf of a lot of the family members of the people in the cult because they wanted to get their people out of there and they were being blocked and they couldn't get to them. And there was such an outcry that the congressman didn't, I feel, I feel like he just felt like he had to go. Hadn't they communicated? Yeah. Yeah. Very brave for sure. Hadn't they communicated by phone or letter or something like that before he went over to or am I making that up? I think there was some communication because he knew they were coming. Yeah. 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 He got, you know, they got the place all spiffy and they were, they told them what to say. You know, if he were to talk to you, like, we're very happy here. We love it here. And we saw the videos of all the people just, no, no, we love it here. This is great. It's the best thing I ever did. And, um, but there were a good handful of people that had been wanting to get out for a long time. And that was their chance. And when he came, it was like, he was, I don't think he was deceived at all, honestly. I think he probably knew um, that there was probably a lot of people that wanted out. Uh, I don't think he was fooled at all by Jones's attempt to try to make it seem like a great spot. Um, but then somebody passed him a note, and then that, I feel like that is what really blew up um, and escalated the whole situation. Well, with with asking about the phone call or the letter or something like that, I was I was trying to get to the idea that like maybe if you get like a positive response to that, maybe you don't come with any security or anything like that. But I don't think he was necessarily oh. met with like, oh yeah, come on down, come check us out, come see all my people, you know, like mm-hmm. that. I don't think that was the response that he got. So maybe if I got that negative or maybe not the most positive response, maybe bring a couple of extra people. But I mean, yeah, it's just very brave. Maybe a little bit stupid um, <laughs> of him to go down there with just, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, uh, but he went down there with a lady and like one or two other people, I think. So, well, she, um, and, and then she's ended up being a Congresswoman, right? That's For right. 20 mm-hmm. something years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it was very brave of him. I, I, it, he did it for the families, like you said. Um, I, I, I think I think he had good intentions. Um, I, I hate that what happened to him happened to him, um, but I, I definitely think he had good intentions going down there. And like you said, I think he could kind of see through the people, some of the people that were saying, "Oh yeah, we're happy, we're glad to be here." So, um, but yeah, it, it was very brave of him, and I, I think he did the right thing. But I just hate that he ended up getting killed for it. So. Uh, and I mean, you know, that there is an argument to be made that it set off the whole thing. The the visit itself. The visit yeah. itself set off yeah. the whole set set the whole mess. The, I mean, and maybe this would have happened did, anyway. Yeah. Um, but you do have some shades of of Waco there, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. government intervention ends out, you know. Obviously, this wasn't the intention, like you said, Logan, but the result was that all these people died. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if Ryan thought that <laughs> that the people that genuinely wanted to leave would just be um, allowed to because of him being there. Like, it's he hard said to... that, right? Yeah. He said something along the lines of, you're under the you're under the the, the, the jacket, the protection of con- of the congressional body armor, whatever the hell right, they call right. it. Right, <laughs> but I mean, he he basically like what he was alluding to was because he was a sitting member of Congress that he was untouchable essentially, right? right. And anyone with him was untouchable. I wondered if he thought that Jones might be intimidated by that, or um, you know, not fight back, just let them go peacefully i wonder if he really thought that was going to happen um i think he definitely did yeah i think he definitely thought that jones wouldn't be basically wouldn't be stupid enough to do anything to mm-hmm. a con to get someone from the, like i said a sitting congressman right but they i mean 
like I think obviously right had they known about the potential about the just the, the cool vein and the dry runs with the cool vein that mm-hmm. they could have changed their their opinion there. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think he thought he was a loose cannon. I don't think he thought he would probably shoot him or kill him or mm-hmm. do anything to that effect, but I definitely think I definitely think the common congressman thought he was probably not the sanest of minds, obviously. And maybe after meeting him, he thought it was a little worse than uh, it was when he, before he went, but I definitely don't think he ever thought that maybe he would kill him. So, or be stupid enough to kill him or have him killed. And so Jones just sort of panics. I think when um, a larger and larger group of people start, you know, oh, time to hit the old dusty trail. Nice, nice being here. Uh, they won't go with this nice man over here. But they were terrified, and they, as they should have been, um, to go. So they pile up in the truck to go to the plane, and then they get gunned down. Um, horrific scene. Like, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um, watching the footage of it. And um, that was just like a bomb. That was like basically just like setting off a bomb, basically. And it's like like Jones made it. It seemed like a snap decision because he mm-hmm. sent that guy, the guy that the, yeah, the, he sent the guy they, with with them, the mole, yeah, who you know even the the people say, I don't know why this guy, why this guy was there. It was very suspicious because he was a real true believer. Yeah, he was yeah, like they, they didn't hand trust hand. him. Yeah, and they, like they patted him. They patted him down and didn't find the gun, which is, which is tough. Yeah, and um, yeah. So it just seems like Jones made that snap decision. Like I think it just, I I mean it seems like the whole thing lasted just a couple of hours, mm-hmm. right? Like from the time that the delegation was leaving to the to the suicide was mm-hmm. very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like you have to talk about it if you're talking Jonestown, but, uh, and, you know, and people, I don't want to say joke about it, but it's just such a, like, common thing, like, it's basically a parody now, like, Jonestown, and all you think of is, like, Kool-Aid, right, like, (laughs) um, and that's sort of, I mean, I've done, I've, I've learned things about Jonestown from this and other media, and I'll talk about a podcast in in particular uh, at the end. But just the footage and the camera, all of the dead bodies, oh yeah, all of the debris of all the cups of flavor aid is what it actually was. Mm -hmm. Um, the little syringes from them injecting the children or anybody who fought back that shit was devastating <laughs> and i've no i've not really thought about jonestown like in the reality of it before it's always been just like something crazy that happened yeah but, i mean and then you like i think what you're um referring to jenny right is like the, the, the saying you know mm-hmm. they're really drinking the kool-aid right? they are like, like yeah. as a it's yeah just come like that, that, this is what it's referring to. And I'm with you. Like, it's something, uh, you know, I would probably, <laughs> after after watching this, think twice before saying. Before, yeah. Before Definitely. saying. That. There's, there's easier, there, there, there's, there's better ways to say that people are indoctrinated. Than, yeah. Than, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, some of the. Go ahead. Making sorry. Light, then making light of 900 people. And then it, it was even more egregious because he wanted the children to go first so that the adults would be more likely to follow. And that's just the worst fucking thing. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, you don't need to leave the kids either, but like, fuck, that's just like the worst thing you can say to a parent. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I know parenting's not always the easiest thing in the world, but it's, it's a great thing to have and to be, uh, as much as some, some people may say that that's not the case, but it's a great thing to have and be and just to have to have to force your kid or inject your kid with something to kill them. That's just that's unforgivable and the worst thing mm. anybody could do. So, yeah, just un, un, unbelievable. Yeah, and then, I mean, the fact I mean, in the fact that sounds like a, a fair amount of people weren't even didn't want to didn't want to commit suicide. That, 
and I was and surprised by that too. Held down and forcibly mm-hmm. ejected mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's murder. That's mm-hmm. just flat out, flat out mass murder, and it's just. And I'm surprised more people didn't fight back in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, because it seemed like 900 people could fight back, you know, if that, cause it was a handful really that was or- orchestrating it and physically doing it. it wasn't, I feel like they could have easily got overrun. Mm-hmm. By, you think about like, what some of the things one of the main things that these documentaries have taught me at least is that this power of groupthink mm-hmm. and like that hive mentality mm-hmm. is so so strong yep and i think that there, there were some folks on the tape talking about we can't do this mm-hmm. but by and large i think the majority were were just following along right and mm-hmm. it was I think if, if 500 people really didn't want it to happen or would have, would, you know, it wouldn't have happened. Right. right. <laughs> like it's a, right. um, it's just, they were, they were, I mean, they followed this guy to the jungle. Yeah. This lunatic to the jungle. Like <laughs> they were, they were, they were, they were all in like we've seen and it's, it's horrible. Cause just like, just like the other, all the other episodes, the people in, in the cult, were not for the you know by and large not bad people they were just i think logan right. said it earlier just looking for you know looking to get closer to god and looking for a, a positive you know positive change to their lives and this is what they get for it it's it's infuriating yeah you know if yeah like like roger said if like 400 of the 900 you know maybe revolted and said no nah, we're not going to do this maybe there could have been a bit more of a fight or something to that effect i guess mm-hmm. um but i think the vast majority of people were kind of in, in on it are, are like into it and into the idea of the group think kind of thing like roger said um but it's but basically said, well i'm just going to do whatever this guy tells me to do. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, if it was more split, I think there could have been a little bit more of a revolt, but I, I just think there were more more than there were not, so, uh, yeah. Some of them were held at gunpoint, but I don't I don't think it was a lot. Um, yeah. Definitely. And then it was cyanide. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a fucking horrible death. That's the other thing that gets me with that, is you're watching all these people die from cyanide poisoning. It's not cute. It's not peaceful, you know? I'm sure it's terrifying. Yeah, you basically suffocate, right? And then what? Yeah, but they—I mean—they also they. Yeah, I think he even says it in the video. I might be in, in the audio. Is it's going to be peaceful? That yeah. it's going to go to sleep, mm-hmm. and then the expert or whoever in the documentary comes on and says what you just said, Jenny, which is this is this is anything but a peaceful way to go. You're essentially mm-hmm. suffocate, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It the worst was, way you could go, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ugh. That was. There are a lot of similarities between Jones and the guy from Sarah Horns. Like a lot, I think. I, um, obviously, the scale for Jones uh, is, mm-hmm. is much, much bigger. But <laughs> yeah. the, um, but that that's that's the the as far as like like for what we've watched, those two individuals, I think are, are com- completely non-redeemable. Like just, just, I, I, like Applewhite, I can see, I just think he was like, again, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that he was, he was right. Cause he wasn't, it, but I, I don't, I, I do think that he was at least doing things that he believed to be true. Right. Like in, mm-hmm. I think, Jim Jones and I forget I forget the asshole from Sarah Lawrence's name um, were Larry. Larry were just mm-hmm. manipulators and ugh. so what what could Ryan have done right? That was what I kept thinking. Like, what could Ryan have done, Leo Ryan too? Like, should he have brought like? an army like <laughs> should he have arrested him like i mean i think in retrospect if they like if if, if you if they knew the thing to do was to 
send the CIA or somebody in to kill Jones. Because this really, to me, was a head of the snake kind of a deal. It was. Where if, if he's not there, I think everything goes a whole lot different. Like that's like, mm-hmm. it, or arrest him, which is tough to do in a foreign country. But right. like, like the I think the the mistake was believing that he was he had that protection, right? And mm-hmm. he could just get the people who wanted to get out out and. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think he probably thought it was something you could do more than once, right? Like, hey, build up the relationship with this group mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as people want to come home, we'll get them home. Um, but with the situation, yeah, I mean, he's, someone should have taken out Jones. I think that was the only way to avoid what happened. Yeah, outside of probably taking him out, it's probably not much you could have done right or differently. I don't think there was anything, any way you were going to get out of there. Uh, either alive or, you know, I, I, I don't really know. But I think, like Roger said, it's kind of cutting off the, the head off the snake. If you get mm-hmm. rid of Jones, maybe the, you know, the other leaders, quote-unquote, or you want to call them, may have tried to keep it going a little bit, but it would have it would have been like the way down. Like, once Gwen died, their, mm-hmm. her daughter obviously wasn't the leader that she was, and it's mm-hmm. not as, you know, high up and, and like a big thing like it was. So... Um, I think if you get rid of that leader, that may, maybe everybody else kind of quits on it, and, and and it and it comes back, and everybody just comes back, and everybody gives up on it eventually. But yeah, I think I think killing Jones or arrest or somehow detaining him uh, was the only way to kind of get away with it. I mean, but he had him prepared to fight too. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how good of fighters they were. So I, mm-hmm. if you bring an army in there, they would have been prepared to like fight back. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's my thing with bringing an army in there. Yeah, because they had weapons mm-hmm. and people willing to use them for sure. Apologies. So my. <laughs> My phone was not on silent mode. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> We're at a really heavy and difficult moment there, Roger, so I'm glad you did that. All these people died. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. But I, I wonder if, like, really the government or really anybody knew the depth of the power that he held over the people. Like... Did they realize how dangerous he was? Or yeah, I would say definitely not. Yeah. I think they. Re- I think they knew that there was that, like there were there were people there who potentially were being held against their will. I don't think that they they ever considered the possibility of what happened happening because they would have gone about it a totally different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I said, I think I think he thought he was a loose cannon somewhat, but obviously didn't think he was stupid enough to murder a congressman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't know they didn't know he was on the edge as much as he was like mm-hmm. absolutely and, and willing to fucking kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that's chilling, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on the documentary or? Any of the characters? Yeah, like the, the, I mean, just my, my overarching thought was in, in some of these, there's, a, there's, there's some redeeming qualities, for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, not the case for this one. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, what was his name again? <laughs> oh, Larry. Larry. Yes. Yeah. Just, or Lawrence, what are you going to call it? <laughs> like in, in this case, you have the... the, the 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 people in Jonestown, the, the 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 people who are in the cult for the most part, I just feel horrible for, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Jim Jones is uh, rotting in hell. If there is such a thing, I mm-hmm. have no doubt about that. That's yeah, my over, that's my overarching thought for the for this one was like if you, if, if somebody hasn't watched it and you're not familiar with the story. You're not going to walk away from this being like, well, I can kind of see how that would happen. It's just, you're just going to walk away just like Logan said, just very, very angry at that, that somebody like this walked the earth and did this to all these people. 
Yeah, he he does he deserves a spe- special circle of hell or room in hell or section mm-hmm. of hell all to himself, be miserable by himself, just constantly doing the thing he hates the most or whatever for an endless loop forever. Um, but yeah, just back to something you said earlier, Jenny, just the bodies and the syringes and the cups mm-hmm. and all that stuff, the pictures and the, all that stuff is just horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, uh, terrible what he did, terrible what he convinced people to do. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that many people dying at the same time is bad enough, but you kill almost 300 kids, I think is what it said, or like, yeah, you know, there were so many mm-hmm. unidentified bodies and like most of them were kids. That's terrifying mm-hmm. and horrible and just mm-hmm. the worst thing. Um, I can't imagine being one of the people that had to go clean all that stuff up. I just Ugh. that that had to be just the worst and most gut wrenching feeling that you could possibly ever have. So it's just no part of it's good. Like like there's no redeeming qualities. You know, I I think like we said earlier, I think maybe in the beginning he had good thoughts, but it quickly escaped and you know he he wasn't he thought he was god he thought he could do anything he wanted to he thought he could do anything to make these people follow him and none of them would ever go away and then when they started to go away and started to want to get out it was it it hurt his soul so bad that he just had to he had to do something drastic and you know when he did that thing drastic he was like well now i don't have an option we got to kill we got to kill all of ourselves so we, we it's my fault I, I made a fuck up but now we have to all get rid of ourselves because of my stupid stupidity and just narcissism i guess so he uh he didn't drink the cyanide he shot himself in the head that's right so fuck him a mm-hmm. hundred more times for that shit yeah that makes him even more of a piece of shit because he probably right. saw that like oh this isn't a peaceful death mm-hmm. this will get me right out of the yeah. right out of the game so at the end of the documentary, one of the survivors who lost her whole family said that there she can see where there's room for another Jim Jones in in modern times. Uh, do you see that? Do you feel that in any way? Is that do you go like this is a one time thing and like nobody would ever allow this to happen again? No, I mean I think you've seen not to this level, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean there. There are, I think, groups out there today, right, that exhibit some of these qualities, right? Like where you follow following a leader blindly, and mm. um, it's just a matter of if that leader turns into Jim Jones, <laughs> right? Like, um, I mean, uh, yes, I guess the short answer is yes, is that I do, I do think that, there, there, that something like this could happen again. Um, the thing, I think. In some ways, the fact that we're a more digital world um, mm-hmm. gets one. In some ways, gets more people, like-minded people, with cra- you know crazy ideas together. But in other ways, kind of keeps them on the internet a little more than having to go meet up in a mm-hmm. specific place or country. So that could be a positive. But um, yes, I do. I, I think I. I don't. I gosh, I really hope that there's not something to this level again, but there's definitely, I think as long as there's charismatic charlatans like Jim mm. Jones, there's always going to be these, these cults. I think that accessibility of the internet makes a lot, a lot more people nowadays more skeptical. Mm-hmm. I think that makes us, I think it just, there's so much information out there, so many different opinions. So I think it would be hard to get that many people um to kind of follow you but like but you know religion is a very powerful tool it right. should be used for good sometimes mm-hmm. it's not obviously in this case it wasn't um but I, you know as long as there's a religious leader out there that's charismatic um you know has a following uh, I, I, I think i think if the you know if it was put in the wrong hands of a person i think yeah it could definitely happen again today but like like i said i think the younger generation at least a little bit more skeptical than maybe uh, mm. these previous generations might have been. Well, because I try to think of like... Because this happened in the 70s, so... Right, and I'm like, a Joel Austin is he getting 900 people to drink cyanide? Like, no. You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like what that would take in modern times, and... Um, I mean, this is no political statement, but like... There was a very large group of people that believed that QAnon 
conspiracy, mm-hmm. which is completely, like in my opinion, at least, completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and is it really that far of a, a stretch that if that person, Q, right, whoever mm-hmm. Q was, you know, said, all right, time for us all to go, mm-hmm. that 900 of them wouldn't do that? I, I don't know about the Joel Osteen uh, situations because I think I think some of his more devoted followers probably would. You uh, do? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, hmm. I don't think the I don't think nine hundred people would, but you know, I don't think I think there's a certain sect. If he was like, "Oh, this is what God's telling me. This is mm-hmm. what Jesus is putting on my heart," you know, I, I think I think I think it could happen. Wow, I guess I just feel kind of personally pretty removed from any kind of religion organized or not um so i don't see that and that's where they pray right it's (laughs) definitely 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 still out there Mm -hmm. Mm um but and i mean it doesn't even necessarily like have to be quote-unquote religion right right. which we've seen with the other cults it's really all it really is just an an ideology Right, like it's just an ideology with a leader, and with people blindly following that leader. So that yeah. that that certainly exists. Yeah, today. it's just the the whole step of a mass suicide. You know, to me, only religion can get you there. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody's dying for you know. Well, I mean, they are, but I mean, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, they were. They they didn't think they were killing themselves. Right. right. But they, they were thought they, they, th- they thought they were going to catch the, the spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was still a religion. Hopefully they did, man. So, and the way know. that... So, and... To, to just... To push back a little. Mm-hmm. Even this. Jones referred to this not as, like, a religious thing. This was a re- revolutionary act. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. this was... The last step we can take before the tyrannical government comes mm. and takes us over. This is this is our final protest. We don't want to live in a world right. where the government controls us. Right. And like that's less about religion and going yeah. to heaven, and that's more like anti-government propaganda, right? Which is which is pretty prevalent still today. I just I, I just hope that there's not another leader like him. Me too. That would take it to that extreme. Because I think there's definitely people that certain leaders, they will follow whatever that individual says, regardless, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I think I think it may not be a religion, but there has to be like a higher power that has to yeah. be in play. May yeah. not, it may be an alien, it may be a, you know, spiritual, you know higher power or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say or they look at the leader as a god yeah but so like somebody this... sending him messages that like tells him to tell these people this like i right. think you know I, this began with religious aspects like you said i think it kind of turned into a political revolution but i definitely think there was a religious aspect at the beginning and he was saying that the higher power was telling him and he was his the, he was the higher powers vessel communicating this message to the masses yeah that that that's right but but, but like for but for like a, a mass who, and i said that about osteen earlier i don't think it, that would ever happen especially mm-hmm. not to this scale i don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people would do it i just think somebody that's you know high up like he is i think you know he if he really went down that path it, it could happen but i just i don't think it would be 900 people i don't think it would probably be even 50 people but it mm. you know that 40 people that are really into him or like really behind him mm. maybe you think but he still has one, 40 really devoted followers <laughs> maybe <laughs> one one that's pretty that's similar right that didn't end in a suicide but where you could see it is the war is like warren jeffs where they kind of took over the whole town. They built a town that the FL, FLBS, you know, created a town where they, they were the police and he was the leader and mm-hmm. he took everybody's wives and daughters and married them and right. cool with it. And I think it is, it's, it's just like when we've seen this with the other, with the other cults, right? It's when you get just a, a group of people cut off from the rest of the world, essentially, right? Where they only spend time with each other 
and there's one figurehead up top, things that you would think would never happen or be acceptable happen. Yeah, moving them to uh, where did they move them to? Why did that Guyana. just escape? Ah, Ghana. Sorry, just killed me. Guyana. Uh, Guyana. <laughs> that was the key. That was the key. Like he knew he had them at that point. Like, but you look at some of the others, right? Like Waco. They all lived at mm-hmm. Mount Carmel, right? Mm-hmm. They all lived in there. It was they were cut off from the rest. All the, of the all the, the isolation the is super key. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, isolation is a big part for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm where take, someone I'm like a Joel, like I'm planning on starting. But that's guy. where like a Joel Osteen or somebody like that, mm-hmm. like he's a big part of people's lives, but he doesn't have like a compound that has exactly. like all these people living there where they just like don't talk to anybody else right like, yeah. i'm not i'm not super familiar but like mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's more of a weekend thing i think <laughs> yeah right? i'm just saying if he went looney tune and came right. up with something like that then if he created the compound he would probably have some people go there for sure i think so too absolutely but that's why like i think that's probably where the survivor was coming from yeah mm-hmm. This stuff does like the con the same concepts exist today. It's just a matter of like that that the steps that Jim Jones mm-hmm. took, yes. no one else has taken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, this one was uh, super sad, but definitely very interesting to talk about with you guys and work through. I mean, it helps. Um, <laughs> it was a tough conversation. Yeah, with, with a lovely host. <laughs> there you <Absolutely>. go. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's what's known as a callback. Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very, a very sad conversation with three lovely people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. So we will continue the sadness next month uh, with another cult documentary, and I think that's going to wrap up uh, the first season. Um on documentaries and we have a couple different ideas for directions in which to go for season two um and again can always come back to cults but we all need a break (laughs) we're we're a little burned out we went we went hard on this first season so um maybe we get something a little more fun but probably still kind of awful because <laughs> most things are kind of awful if there's a documentary about them. Just saying. Very true. Um, <laughs> sadly. No, not a much, except, not, not very much happiness. <laughs> except for mer people. Okay. Mer people, I don't think we'll ever get on this show. So I will plug mer people um, as a documentary. It's very wonderful. And I will say if you want to know more about Jonestown, um, there's a fantastic podcast series called Promised Land, and it is hosted by one of the hosts of one of my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts. Um, his name is Ian, and he has a fantastic um, speaking voice, and he plays tons and tons and tons of audio straight from Jim Jones. So it is not for the faint of heart, because you have to listen to Jim Jones preach. Um, and then Ian will like, you know, walk you through the timeline of it all. Uh, it's fantastically well-researched and um, all the references are great. And I would highly recommend it if you want to like deep dive into Jonestown. Um, it's fascinating, super sad, but um, Logan, what do you got going on for your podcasts coming up? Well, let me pull it up real quick as I was totally unprepared. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. You're, you're I'm messing with you. Um, seven Months of Danger. We just wrapped up the last couple of episodes of that uh, recording. Um, I think episode 22 came out uh, yesterday as of this recording. And the next one will come out from two weeks from now. And that'll be the last episode. Uh, it was bittersweet. Um Part of me is definitely happy to see it end. It got kind of draining there at the end. A lot, a lot of samesies on, on that with matches and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, we did have a lot of fun on that pod. A lot of a lot of reverence, a lot of laughter. Whether everybody loved the laughter or not is a different question. Um, but replacing that, we'll be uh, linking up luchas. Uh, we'll be uh, covering L- L- lucha underground. Uh, if mm. I can get that out, uh, Jenny, you'll be joining me on that journey uh, as well as most of the guys from uh, Seven Months of Danger. So uh, 
that'll be interesting to dive into. And then Highway to the Impact Zone is my big one on the uh, Place of Your Nation wrestling feed. Uh, we just did Sacrifice 2006, so we'll be starting the build to, I uh, believe, Slammiversary 06 after that. So check all that out. The hardest working man in podcasting. <laughs> Back one of the feeds, I'm saying. <laughs> On the opposite end, you got Roger, who's lazy as fuck and don't do anything. <laughs> I just like, I like to take all my energy and put it into one. You guys you got the best of me. You get the best of me. I'm not getting pulled 10 different ways like, like Logan. Yeah. I like That's it. Why I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> Did that sound good? That, that, that was we, good. We, we, we could do a podcast where we, uh, you know, Jenny throws out like a topic and then. We and Logan just have to argue a side of it, whether we believe it or not. I like that idea. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> as for me, my podcast, you can find them right here on the North South Connection. Every Wednesday, there'll be one of my shows. Uh, Logan, you're going to be on, uh, you heard about Pluto soon. Um, so check that one out. And there's GC Dub, a game-changing podcast with me and my friend Matt Souza talking about GCW. And um, you can find me on No Holds Barred. I do a lot of drafts on their episodes. And then Talkin WCW and PTB NXT are on PTBN, the wrestling um, feed. Why did that work? Just leave me. There we go. The wrestling feed. So I'll also I'm at uh, Twitter at Jenny Position. So I'll link everything on there if you want to give me a follow also let me know if you got any cool documentary ideas we do take requests um i'm not promising you will do them but we will take the request and we've already done one requested show so um or if you have a topic in mind that we might be into let me know and shoot me a tweet thanks for listening and we'll see you next month